Uh, in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name of Super Black. In the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name of Super Black. Uh, imagine that, a future that's super black. Long as your skin brown, your superpowers intact. What would your powers be? Just hope it ain't super whack. Spatial manipulation, create a portal that's black. Maybe just super speed, time travel to run it back. Or cheat manipulation to keep my spirit intact. As I encounter evils the world face, demons the world makes. I needed the world to stay. Rest in peace with Chadwick, they killed all the Black Panthers. Told us white lies, I still marvel at black answers. Suits in DC, pray it lead to a civil war. It ain't no Justice League. What's the need to be civil for? Propelled like the juggernaut, it's clear, ain't no stopping this. The world in grave danger, who can stop the apocalypse? They killed all the heroes, the new ones don't really care. But if you need me, put your fist up in the air. Yeah, in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name of Super Black. In the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name of Super Black. everybody do not adjust your sets i am not chris uh but i am hosting right now so welcome to blur's eye view as i affectionately call the hangout today we have a guest as you can see on the screen first of all hello how are you doing oh, wait, claps. okay enough of that hey how are you guys doing um we have a guest as you can see chris will be with us shortly he is actually flogging his donkey don't ask me what that means. Just go with it. Uh, that's the only, only thing I have. Um, we have a guest. Please tell the people who you are and what it is that you do. Yes, my name is Jamie Brodnax. I'm the founder and CEO of Black Girl Nerds. We're a website. We're a multimedia company, uh, podcast, uh, YouTube channel. We, we do many, many things. Um, but I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And... Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So how'd you get started? Like, how did this 10-year journey begin? Well, as the story goes, um, 10 years ago on February the 1st of 2012, I'll give you the exact date. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I can't tell you what I was doing that day. So. <laughs> I actually Googled the term Black Girl Nerds and nothing came up on Google. And um, as a matter of fact, when I put in black girl nerds in Google search images, there were images of white women wearing glasses with black frames. So 
that's when I decided to, I had some blogging experience. I had ran uh, an independent movie blog for some time. Uh, and I just decided to get my blogger account going and started Black Girl Nerds. It was just really at the start, my own personal musings on geek culture. And it was just a web diary of what a blog was at that time. And then literally within, I want to say, 48 hours, um, a woman had approached me and she was actually a published author and was like, I stumbled onto your site. I want to write content, you know, with you. And um, it organically just started to grow into what you now see today, um, which is a website that has movies, TV, comics, gaming. It's, I, I call it the intersection of geek culture and black feminism. That is dope. Um, so on this journey, I mean, cause Googling that to me is profound. That when you just went and Google and was like, I see nothing representing us. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that's still a problem or has it, you know, kind of, plateaued a little bit to where it's more prominent that we see more black nerds, black female nerds, I should say. It, it, it's definitely not plateaued. It's, it's definitely um, skyrocketed. It's, it's definitely on an upward incline because uh, when I first started, like even the word blurred, like you guys, blurred's eye view. I remember when that term was a divisive term. As a matter of fact, our very first podcast, which we started our podcast in 2013, uh, was about the word blurred. What does the word blurred mean to you? And I remember people were coming after me on Twitter for that word. And they were like, we don't want to be called blurreds. Um, that is a very divisive term. You're separating Black people from the word nerd and don't separate us from that. Um, and even on the podcast, there were some of us that liked the term and some of us that didn't like the term. Uh, but now it people have managed to find community out of the word. And it's now a, t a term that people use uh, for the names of their podcasts, the names of their websites, merchandising. Um, and, and, and as a matter of fact, Aisha Tyler used it in her best-selling book, the word blurred. So it's, it's become very mainstream. And um, I think that that is a huge, um, I think that, that that's amazing compared to, where we were 10 years ago where people didn't really want to embrace the term and now people absolutely love it. So um, yes, you are seeing more black girl nerds. You are seeing more cosplayers. You're seeing more people creating their own podcast platforms, their own websites, Twitch streamers. There's gaming uh, groups for black women and, and people of color, uh, you know, TikTokers like, there are all of these different online communities that embrace what it is to be a black nerd. And it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's definitely um, a huge, huge 180 from what I experienced back in 2012 when I started BGN. Uh, I want to, uh, this is not really a personal question, but what does the word blurred mean to you? Yeah, I mean that 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 term it means it means that the intersection, which is is the tagline. I, I kind of it's a play on the tag phrase that I use for my site, like the intersection of geek culture and black feminism. But for blurred, it, it is the intersection of black culture and geek culture. Um, 
So like when we're talking about what it is to be black in this space, when we're talking about our superheroes, we're talking about our favorite black superheroes. We're talking <laughs> about fandoms that reflect our experiences. Um, when we dress up as cosplayers, we're, we're talking about characters that we grew up on. You know, we're talking about static. We're talking about, when we're talking about Green Lantern, we're, we're not talking about Hal Jordan. We're talking about Jon Stewart. Um, so that is what it means to be a black nerd is that we're, we're really embracing our, our blackness, the, the black diaspora in our fandoms and in geek culture and giving some visibility to uh, black characters in that. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. So who is your ultimate black superhero? Oh, well, I grew up on Storm, Aurora Monroe. Um, I was an X-Men fan. I mean, I still am, but definitely I was like a hardcore X-Men fan growing up. So Storm was, uh, I mean, X-Men was my gateway into comics and Storm was, for obvious reasons, who I looked up to. So she was the ultimate stand for me <laughs> growing up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I watched the 90s Fox show uh, as a kid and, and that I was all about Storm and she came to life for me watching that series. So yeah, I, I love her and, and it, it feels kind of hurtful to see how she's been depicted in live action. <laughs> she hasn't gotten her proper due. Um, hopefully one day we will see her represented well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe if that happens. But um, yeah, I've, I've always been a huge fan of Storm. We're, so, because you, you, you're not wrong in saying that. Um, <laughs> where do you feel like they went wrong on the live action? Because Holly Berry wasn't it. And uh, mm. Alexandria Ship wasn't it neither. So, <laughs> um, I'm not sure what they can do. Like, how do you feel they can make this, make it work? Because she is such a powerful character and has a great story to tell, but they ain't doing it. Um what would you do differently if you had the opportunity? Yeah, well, number one, I would cast a Kenyan actress, like 100% Kenyan, not biracial. <laughs> so her ethnicity, her ethnicity matters. It, it really matters. It matters because number one, there's been a huge issue with colorism in Hollywood. Uh, you know, it, 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 for some reason, when it comes to black female actresses in Hollywood, Hollywood just wants to always slant towards light-skinned actresses. Um, so that's always been a problem. But number two, her her heritage is Kenyan. And um, Kenyan actresses don't look like Halle Berry and Alexandra Shipp. So, and as much as I, we've, we've talked to Alexandra Shipp, I, I, I love her, she's great. Um, and I think she's recently, sort of walked back um, playing that role in, in recent interviews, but um, I just don't think that they're, they were the right fit for that role. So yeah, someone that is of that, not only that ethnicity, but someone that actually, you know, lives in that, in that region, someone that has that dialect, 
someone that has that accent um, that really embodies who Aurora Monroe is. Because, you know, I, I think there's been obviously some conversations too with actors, Black actors of different nations playing American actors and all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think maybe we should get an actor that is actually Kenyan um, to play a role. I mean, I know that there's probably a conversation to be had about that because then there's like, well, we, we should get an actor that's well known and that's the way Hollywood sees it because at the end of the day, Hollywood has their bottom line and they, they want to get actors that are going to help people buy tickets at the box office. And yes, I, I get that argument. Um, so I can see it from that angle. Um, but if they are American, at least have them be of Kenyan descent. So, yeah. I think that will work. I've, there's some names that have been thrown around. Uh, one is the wrestler Jade Cargill, um, only because mm. like she cosplays as it um, a few times, and that's one of her favorite characters. Um, I think it would work better with a Kenyan actor, um, just off of what you said, just because the accent is important. The, the role, the feeling, the role is important. So, I mean, it's like, I, Idris Elba playing a Baltimore drug dealer to me just never made sense. <laughs> um, because like it just even I though he did a, he did a good job in Sugar Bell, I, I didn't even know he was English until years after. And years I think it's after. the after the fact that we realized like that might have been you know kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, true. So you guys, I, I want to kind of play the name game because. It sounds like you guys have had some hard, you know, some big name people on. So mm -hmm. Who are some of your favorite interviews that you guys have done so far? Ooh, um, I mean, for me personally, I I don't get the the cool benefit of interviewing as many people as um, most of the people on my staff because I'm busy running stuff behind the scenes um, as the founder and CEO. Um, mm. But when I first started because it was sort of like a skeleton crew. Uh, my first big interview was actually Idris Elba. And that was awesome. That was at Comic-Con in, I think, 2016, um, when he was promoting Star Trek. And that was like in his hotel room and it was crazy because all I did was message him because he was following me on Twitter. And I just messaged him on Twitter and asked for an interview and his publicist set it up and it happened. Um, so... That was a huge thing, um, but yeah, we've we've had some pretty um, big stars to um, to interview, and and really, you know, in large part because of the pandemic, um, with virtual conversations such as we're having now, we've been able to have a lot more access to um, interviewing folks because it's just easy with you know the click of a Zoom link, you can talk to people on camera. So that's uh, definitely allowed more opportunities that way. But yeah, I, we've, we've definitely, we've talked to a lot of folks. I mean, um, Idris is my personal favorite. I think one that I've enjoyed watching, um, Giandra, who's our star interviewer on the <laughs> site, um, seeing her interview George Clooney was like, amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, George wow. Clooney's talking to black girl nerds and Jodie Foster seeing her talk to her was, was awesome. Um, I, I actually had a chance to talk to Oprah Winfrey, which, you know, now I can scratch her off my bucket list. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's been a great 
great journey. I, I would have never expected, you know, 10 years ago, creating this blog that it would go into this trajectory of where it is today, where we're interviewing celebrities and I have this large team of people that I employ that, you know, work and love what they do. And we have this large reach and that, you know, people know who we are that are in entertainment. Um, yeah, I, I never would have expected that. And it's, it's been an, an amazing journey. I'm sorry. The way you just casually was like, oh yeah, I talked to Idris and Oprah, and, you know, we had, have George Clooney around a few times and Jody Foster, you know, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, slight flex. Uh, it was all in a day's work. To me, that's just like, you downplaying the heck out of that. If that was me, I'd be like, yeah, I talked to Idris himself. We was cool. I got his number. I can call him anytime I want. Uh, you don't know this, but we are, we are tight. We are like this. So how was it? talking to Oprah, like, what is that? Is she wow. like the TV, you know, cause she seems like she has this kind of profoundness, this aura that's just like, when she walks in the room, everybody just knows to shut up. It, it was definitely like that. She definitely has that aura about her. Um, it was in a room with other journalists. So I didn't have like the one-on-one -on -one experience that would have been nice, but um, still I did have my moment with her where uh, when we got our, you know, our little microphones out. I had this fancy Zoom recorder, like everybody had their cell phones to do their recording. And I had my Zoom interview because I had to be extra, um, <laughs> my Zoom recorder. So she was very impressed and was like, ooh, what is that? You know, she, she didn't know what a Zoom recorder was. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, it's a Zoom and, you know, it records interviews. She's like, oh, that's so fancy. And so, um, that was when I had my little moment with her, which I thought was really cool, which that was in the recording um, that I had put out when I did my interview with her. Um, but yeah, she's just very Zen, very cool, very humble. Um, and yeah, I just, it, it was a moment. And I was so glad that after the interview ended that the publicity team allowed us to take photos with her. They allowed each of the journalists to get a photograph with her. Cause usually in those situations, you know, we can't get pictures with the talent. Um, but mm. they allowed that for us. And I, I was so glad cause I'm just like, I have to get a picture with Oprah. <laughs> so yeah, that That's was great. Amazing. Um, me and Chris thought we was flexing cause we interviewed Ted Lanes, but now I'm just not even going to mention that no more <laughs> when you're in the room. Cause small potatoes not that ted lane's is small potatoes but he ain't Idris out or oprah you know what I mean? it's, uh, you know damn uh <laughs> most recently who did you guys have on idris alba oh, snap. Damn. we talked to him again because he just did a movie called beast that's coming out um so we just uh I don't have the interview out, but I just edited the interview. So that'll be out soon. Um, who else did we interview? We interviewed recently Kat Graham, who I love from The Vampire Diaries and uh, Ryan Phillippe. They are in this movie called Collide. It's an independent film. Um, so it was great seeing them. I haven't seen the movie myself, but I, I really wanna see it. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, um, Sandman. Uh, that that was that was really cool to um, 
get the opportunity to interview the cast. And I have watched some episodes of it and that, that show is wild. Um, so yeah, um, that that's actually the second time that we've interviewed Neil Gaiman, who I'm a huge fan of. So that's, that was really cool. I, I'm hurt. This is, this is... No, no, listen, I look at it like this. If, if somebody like me can do what I'm doing, I feel like anybody really can because I have no experience in entertainment journalism. Like I went to school for journalism, yes, granted, but I mean, as far as like the entertainment side of this business, no experience. Um, I, I went to Google and typed in black girl nerds and it was just like, you know, it's it, everything just sort of fell into place by accident and um and things happen organically because i guess i did sort of fill a need with with mm. creating this space but um you know the the advice i always give to people is like if you're really passionate about the kind of work that you do especially working in entertainment just keep at it just keep going and and just don't stop. And people will really um, gravitate to your work, whether they're fans or whether they're notable people in entertainment. And they're they're definitely going to want to help support you and be a part of the work that you're doing. Because, um, like I said, I'm I'm now ten years into it, and I I just haven't stopped. And there have been days, <laughs> and there have been seasons where I've wanted to stop. Trust me on that. I've definitely had my valleys, but um, but if you just keep going, then you know the, those opportunities can. I feel like can happen to anybody. Let's talk about that. So, how do you get through those moments where it's like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to edit. I don't want to record. I don't want to talk Ooh. to nobody. I don't even want to work. I just want to vegetate and and just you know do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling that today. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think about the fact that this is way bigger than Jamie, you know, that there are people out there that have an expectation that, okay, someone's expecting me to have an article on the site. Someone's expecting me to have some video content on YouTube or content on the other social media networks that BGN is on, um, so I, I have to think outside of myself sometimes. And that, that's hard. It's hard. Um, but that, that's where I put my mind at when I get to those moments where I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. But yeah, I, I do have those days. And I, I, I have those days a lot. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have those days a lot. Um, you know, there's days where I just don't even want to get out of bed. You know, I have issues with depression and stuff like that. So you know, there are days where I just don't even want to do any kind of work whatsoever. But I have to remember, like, you know, this is this is the line of work you've chosen to do and you've got to commit to it. Mm. And um, the next day will get better and and the next day does get better. So, um, yeah, I just try to get outside of my head. And uh, usually that helps. Very, very profound. I mean, there's some days where I can understand that. Um, not doing what you do on your level because you're <laughs> on a whole nother level. I'm still, you know, small time in it. But it, it is important to 
remember that sometimes it is bigger than us. Yeah. And we don't think about that as content creators. Like, ah, oh, you know, ain't nobody thinking about it. But you never realize how many people are watching or listening to your story, getting some kind of inspiration or entertainment or news out of that. And that one day that you don't, you know, do something might be the day somebody just be like, man, I don't know anymore, man. I don't, I don't know if I, if they can't do it, why can't I? How can I? So that's a testament that you keep persevering through that. Um, it's big, you know, people don't realize that um, how much we, you know, people deal with that do entertainment or content creating, you know, just everyday life plus trying to get that that article posted that video out it takes time um and i don't think people realize that so let's 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 talk about your morning routine what does that look like what does that look like um i mean i i definitely don't get up early in the morning i i i don't have kids so i don't have to worry about that situation um so i'm i am only responsible for jamie <laughs> so <laughs> Um, I could really literally get up whenever I want, but I, I am responsible enough to get up at a decent hour. I just don't get up very early. Um, so yeah, when I get up, I, I have my cup of coffee cause I have to have caffeine. I cannot go a day without it. And then, um, I start going through my emails. Um, and then I start working in a project management tool, uh, that we use at black girl nerds called Trello and then just start going through my editorial content for the day, articles that need to go up that have been edited through my editorial team and start posting that that content up. Start looking at my emails and see if there's any news that's out there that we need to post um, or any emails that I need to answer that are business related. Um, and, and I just start going through that. Um, and there are days where I've spent like an entire, like at least 12 to 14 hours sometimes um, just working. Um, and then there's days that are, are a lot shorter. And then sometimes I have to force myself to just like, okay, especially on Fridays, like when the weekend's about to start, <laughs> I will force myself to stop early because I'm like, you know what? I am going to practice some self-care. I'm going to enjoy the weekend and I'm not going to work through the weekend. So I, you know, I, I give myself a Monday through Friday schedule. I don't have to. I mean, I could be the sort of entrepreneurial hustler and work 24 hours and have that don't sleep kind of mentality. I choose not to have that mentality. I choose to exercise self-care, rest on the weekends, relax, Netflix and chill it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go to the beach, you know, Netflix. whatever. That's what I choose to do. So do you think your, your outlook on that has changed, um, more, you know, in the first five years or the last five years. And what I mean is, uh, you know, when people first start out, they usually do that grind where they're not sleeping, they're not eating, you know, it's breathing, whatever they do. Um, do you feel like that's changed or have you always tried to adopt that, you know, not grinding so much, but still putting the work in? Oh, it's definitely changed. I mean, when I first started, I was like a robot and I would not sleep and I would not eat. And um, I was very dialed into Twitter and social media all the time, constantly trying to interact and engage with my audience to build a following so that more people can, you know, um, 
to bring more hyper visibility to black girl nerds. So um, that took a toll on me mentally. That took a toll on me physically. And uh, at, at some point, something had to give. Um, so yeah, I no longer am on Twitter like that. I, I've decided to, you know, I'm on Twitter for marketing purposes where I push out content from the site and every now and then I'll tweet from my personal account. But, uh, for the most part, I've decided to unplug and focus on, um, my business, focus on, you know, creating content for the site. And, um, when I'm not doing VGN stuff, I'm going outside and touching grass and <laughs> looking at the birds and smelling air, you know, like doing normal things that aren't inside of the confines of being on your smartphone. Understandable. I, I mean, I asked that question because um, I speak to a lot of different content creators and um, different levels of where they're at in it, you know, 10 years, five years, two years, whatever it may be. And a lot of people, you know, kind of have that same sentiment. It's like, okay, the first five years or three years, I was like, you know, balls to the walls. I was out here just, you know, trying to do everything I could and hitting every site every day, you know, checking everything. And then it's like, it got to a point to where, you know, I wasn't able to coast, but the hard work had paid off to where I could, you know, touch grass. Cause I don't know when the last time I touched grass, I'm not gonna lie to you. Right. Um, but it is important to, you know, like you said, have that self-care. I think too often we burn ourselves out trying to touch the sun too fast. Like um, we don't realize that we have time because um, some people make it look easy where, you know, two years in and they're, you know, out here just, you know, plastered everywhere and everybody's they're visible. Um, but I think we do need self-care. I know I need to do it more often too, because I, I'm up. Um, that, I mean, you, you nailed it. I think that's, and I, I, I'm not knocking people that are about that whole hustle where, oh, you know, don't sleep. You got to work hard in order to become successful. I think there is some truth in that, but at the same time, you can do the whole working hard thing, but also have a work-life balance at the same time. I think the people that believe the former want to do it very fast, like you said, mm -hmm. and, and have this sort of microwave mentality. And for me, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in the game for 10 years, but I mean, I, it doesn't bother me that it's been that long. It doesn't bother me that there are people that have been in the game shorter than me that are further ahead than I am. Um, mm -hmm. I look at it like this, and someone's told this to me before. Um, they're like, Jamie, you're like, you know, the tortoise. <laughs> you know, you really are someone that even though like, you know, the tortoise is, is kind of slow in their approach, you're consistent. And, and that I'd rather be someone that even if it's slow, even though the trajectory is not as quick as maybe someone else, I'd rather be consistent and I'd rather be still there on the playing field because some of the folks that have gone like really fast, you know, some of them aren't here anymore or some of them have decided to go into other areas. Um, and I just rather just feel like I'm in a space where I'm able to balance everything, exercise that self-care and lay a foundation that's solid 
so that I can be proud of what I'm doing and not just do it for, you know, opportunistic reasons and, and all of that kind of craziness that unfortunately there are, you know, folks out in the entertainment industry that, that do have those reasons, which, you know, do you, but, you know, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So. The key thing I'm taking away from that is that balance. Um, too often we don't have balance. Um, the scales are either one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to ask you how you found that balance one day. Um, because <laughs> I'm looking for it still, but I think the other thing is consistency too often. Uh, we want to put stuff out, but we don't put stuff out at a consistent rate. And that also will play into, you know, where you're at and how you're going. Mm-hmm. but also the, the quality of that consistency because some people put out stuff every day but it's just like a rush job uh, yeah yeah that feels like it's overkill I mean yeah when you're putting stuff I don't know I guess if you're putting stuff out every day it depends on what you're putting out every day but um, just make sure whatever you're putting out is something that you feel you feel good about that you feel like okay this is something I want to put my name on this is something I feel that this is something that has value, that this is something that's significant. Um, Cause I, I remember when I first got into podcasting, you know, there was a guy that I was working with and he had a podcast every single day and oh, he no. had suggested that I should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a podcast, but I'm not doing it every day. <laughs> that that's overkill. So I opted to do it weekly and, um, you know, luckily I've been able to do it ever since, since 2013, but that's not easy either to be no. it that long. Um, but yeah, like figure out, figure out a schedule that works for you. Cause that, that's another thing. Cause like, once you stop, it's like out of sight, out of mind. And it's, mm. it's easy for folks to go in a different direction if they see that you're not producing any content, but at the same time make sure that you're exercising self-care. And if you need to take a break, if you need to go on a hiatus, because I've done that in the nine years that I've been podcasting, I've done a hiatus and taken a break. And if you need to do that, by all means, you should. You should not yes. feel obligated. Hey, there you are. Hola, hola, hola. You should not feel obligated to be podcasting like nine years straight without a break. That's Oh, that's indeed. Insane. Yeah. Um, cause I, I knew somebody who was like, they did a podcast for like 13 hours. Was this just recently? No. Someone, but, I seen someone, you know what? No, that was somebody else in that. They did a live. On yeah. I, they were doing. But to your point, like even doing it every day to me makes no sense. Unless you have like a, a, a program to where you're doing the news like daily news or something like that. But if you're just coming on just to come on yeah. to me, it's senseless. I'm good with once a week, um, you know, 15 episodes and then I disappear for a little bit. Um, I found that that works for me. It doesn't drive me crazy. Um, I have a chance to breathe during the week because I'm not trying to come up with content every single day because it's not easy. Yeah. No, um, content know. creation <laughs> is never just being in the content creation game, period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. Um, yeah. I think just because of the fact of because of blurs I view and what it focuses around, it allows me to have more content readily available. But when, like DC said, when you go past fifteen episodes and you're do, there was one season his show and mine show we did what like 20, 20 plus episodes, 
a piece. I've never touched that. We yeah, and it was it was maddening, and we were just like, yeah, let's just cut down to fifteen. I think the most I've done is sixteen. Well, because I have bonus episodes, so yeah, you know, I don't really count those as normal, you know, episodes. But I I can never go past fifteen normal episodes. The bonus. They're usually uh, a talk show or, or game show or something like that. So it's not the same kind of content. But then again, my show is not based on content. It's based on interviews and just real people talking, you know. So I'm not really checking news, news sites like that or giving people, you know, the, the daily news or gossip rags or nothing like that. So I think my show has an advantage to where I don't have to worry about, like, true content because I'm kind of making my own up because I'm doing interviews like we just had, you know, so it's sort of that kind of thing or it's um, headlines or, you know, games. So it is harder when you're based on, you know, like I like even doing this show, it's like, man, the topics are so many that you have to, right. you know, be on top of everything so much so I can see how you get burned out. Like it's, it's a daily well, thing. news is changing. Marvel's coming with something. DC's coming with something. Then there's games, and then there's you know cosplay events. And then there's just so much. You'd be like, man, my head spins, and I don't even have to do the research. Sometimes I just be like, man, yeah, that's a that, lot. That's all in my camp. That's, I mean, there's times where, and there's literally been times where I've, you know, waited till the day before because I'm like, man, there's really nothing dropping, and then I I found out there's a there's a pattern of news. And it normally drops. If it's not dropping by Friday, it drops by Tuesday or Wednesday, or uh, yeah, by Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So the, those tend to be the hot days. And yeah, there's times I'm like, man, I don't have anything. But then there's other things I can always fall back on. Like I've created stuff where you know we did an episode where uh, we did a fan cast of if they did a remake of the Last Dragon, okay. and we and and people lost their minds over the pigs, but that's why we did it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and to, to the point that people thought it was a real thing. And it, and actually it was supposed to be a real thing. And until, uh, what was it? Pop smoke. It was pop smoke until he, you know, got killed. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just ran with it and like it was on TikTok and it was viral and, and people were, people still respond on it, you know, and it's, it's crazy. So, coming up with content and I've, and I've checked out your website and the podcast periodically. And I'm like, you have a broad depth of stuff to pick from, which helps in this, in this particular field, because it's, you're not bottlenecking uh, just one thing, you know, when it, when, it, when you're talking about, if you're a football podcast, you can talk about stuff in the off season, but it doesn't yeah, really pick no. up until the actual season starts. <laughs> Yeah, you, trust me, you can. There's not much in the off season to talk about. Trust me, I did. <laughs> I did a sports podcast um, and radio show, and it was not. Here's and the problem is during all during the season, you know, there's so much going on. Like this off season was great. Like if I would have did a podcast on sports this off season, phenomenal. Deshaun Watson was <laughs> all over. The, he's still, still all over. Great, easy, the greatest thing to talk about, but. It's still it's, it's still kind of hard, you know. Uh, with blurred news, it, it's ever changing. It's all always around. Um, and then you guys, you know, talking to Aegis Alvin like that. I'm still not getting over that. And I'm still jealous. Uh, <laughs> not only once, but twice. So, um, 
I'm, I'm, a few times. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But the way yeah. she said it, it was like the 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 the, the greatest flex ever. Yeah, you know. That's why I'm, I, I was talk, tripping. I was like, she's like, I'm like, so who? Well, you know, Aegis album once. You know, we just talking about some stuff in 2016. Well, might have been Oprah. I think I talked to Oprah or something like that. Somebody <laughs> Oprah like. Um, then Idris again, you know, just the other day. But, you know, you said Idris whatever. was the was the name drop. It was the flex. It was the yeah, light flex like flex right there. I'm yeah. one. Of the, I'm a dude. I'm a screaming from the mountains. Like, hey, man, I was talking to he, he, he cool. You know. Um, I have another question because where do you stand on Scott Summers and his leadership abilities or lack thereof? <laughs> Oh. We're not having another Scott episode. No, we having this conversation. No, I, I always was not a fan of Scott Summers. Thank you. The X Men. So, Thank yeah, you. I just, no, no. And so I, as someone I, who loves Aurora Monroe, I think she was always the best leader of the X Men. And I was always thinking that she, you know, the, the team was always a better team when she was leading them. So, Scott Indeed. is just, he's so corny. Now I will and, say, oh my, thank you. I can I agree with her on that because I was actually going to say that I'm like, yeah, I'm you know I'm a big Storm fan besides Black Panther, but uh, I do agree. Storm is the better leader. There's times in the comics some of them have actually said that, you know. So yeah. <laughs> well, we know where I stand I mean, on the sky. Currently, the, she's currently like the the regent of Saul or a, a Krakoa, you know. So. You know, they're just like, yeah, we answer to her. You know, mm-hmm. he's I like just, secondary. I, I had to ask he's secondary. Yeah, I'm not corny to me. I just I, I, thank you. People be trying to speak up for Scott Summers like he, you know what I'm saying? Like he he just album, like he the white he, <laughs> he's not smooth. Like this no, dude is a cornball, man. Yeah. There's he's a better he's a better fighter. He's than a he is. he's a better nothing. You the know one what that's he, smooth he, is Logan. I, yeah. I, I, oh I, my god. Smooth one. Well, actually, my, dude. my my personal dude is actually Gambit. I like Gambit. yeah, Remy LeBeau. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Remy LeBeau had the most charisma and swag. Yes. Yeah. But so and, and it took and it took him to you know despite how smooth he is, he still had his eye on Rogue. He was like, oh no. Oh yeah. That that's one of the best you, romance. You, you the one. You're like, yeah. like no, you the one. All these other ones. I have so nothing. many Rogue and Gambit comics because I loved their chemistry and their romance. I just bought the comics with just those two. Um, yeah, it's, they, a shame that his, it's a shame that his mother's in law can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny and Mystique cannot stand him. They like no matter what. You can. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's not bad enough. You got to deal with one mother in law. You got to deal with two, um, yeah. and and one of them can see the future, and one can turn into anybody she wants. So it's just like, yeah, you. It's a you're kind of It's a very weird one. Oh my god, but yeah, I can agree with you on Storm being the leader. I mean, it's happened before, and now, like I said, she's a region over at Krakoa. Krakoa now she refuses to be called queen, but it's just like, no, you should own that. Like mm-hmm. seriously, <laughs> like. You're born royalty. Right. People look at you as royalty. You carry yourself as royalty. So it's only right that you oh, yeah, yeah. have the throne. <laughs> yeah, people want her in Wakanda too. They so want her bad. I mean, I was kind of hoping that when they mentioned Michaela Coel that she would end up being yeah. Storm. <laughs> it, my my bets was between Storm and Madam Slay. I was I would never have thought 
one yeah, of the midnight angels. I really thought they were going to bring Madam Slay into it because I was thinking, okay, well, maybe they're going to bring back Killmonger because mm. that whole storyline with yeah. Madam Slay resurrecting Killmonger, I thought that's what was going to happen in Black Panther 2. I mean, yeah. it could still be See, it, it could be some 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 but, variation, and it's the MCU. is It's never exactly across the board like the comics, which I can appreciate. You know, because it takes away. Because when you're expecting it, it's to not be as, like the comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. not as it's not as the same. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even Infinity like, War isn't exactly like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Like many people don't know, like Thanos. Yes, he was always after the gems and everything, but a lot of stuff he did, a lot of the killing he did, yeah, it was for the embodiment of death. He had a thing for death, mm-hmm. like the actual personification of death. He was in love with it, and in 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 here's here's a fun fact for you, DC. He was trying to court death so much without realizing that Deadpool already laid down with death with no problem. Um, oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So he was uh, like, oh, it's all people." <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. Deadpool was that. Um, so I, I gotta ask you guys this: What is y'all's opinion on the whole recast T'Challa controversy? I'm for it, just not right now. Yeah, I'm for it because I can understand <laughs> the, the machinations of it. Like it just happened. Break it down like this. Chadwick was actually in conditioning to start training for the role. He passes away. They already had the script together. This happens. What do we do? Okay, we can't be numb about it and just cast a person because there's training involved, learning COSA, there's learning the script, there's cam- there's the, 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 uh, the testing for it, the camera testing, testing with the cast. There's a lot that's involved with it. So you really don't have a lot of time, especially to meet the window. Yeah. However, there was an interview, I think it was last year, where they said that we are not going to recast. This is the last time we're going to see T'Challa in the 616 universe. We're not recasting. A lot of people lost their mind. People like myself read between the lines. I'm like, you're already introducing the multiverse. You didn't say we would never see him again. You just said the 616 which is the universe we're used to seeing right now. Mm-hmm. They're doing it just not right now. And I can appreciate that because had they done it right away and let's just say it was the wrong pick. Let's just say it was the wrong pick. And the movie doesn't deliver as hard as the first one. That's a problem. Yeah. That's I think it's going to be a problem anyway, because the first one was, so it was like, wasn't expecting the bar to be was so high. great, yeah. So, like, you didn't already really put the high. bar at 20 feet, so now you got to go all the way. Like, you, <laughs> I'm not against it. Um, I love Jack McBoseman in that in that role. Um, he bodied that role, like, but I kind of knew he would because he did Hank Aaron, he did, um, James Brown, James Brown, you know, what I mean, 12 Bridges, I mean, 21 Bridges was amazing, so like, he was yeah. an amazing actor, so we knew. He could do it. Um, but my thing is, 
roles change. You know, we didn't see many roles get recast. And how many Batman really have we well. had? How many Superman we've had? Yeah, I right. mean, we had George, not you know, George Clooney. I know you guys did something with him, but bat nipples. <laughs> we had bat nipples. You know what I mean? And people didn't think to too much of it that. until. Yeah. 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 People start pointing out that he had bat nipples. You know, we yeah. was cool with him up until that point. Everyone was like, oh, George Clooney is Batman. Val Kilmer is Batman. You know? Yeah. We had 42 Batmans. We didn't have three Spider-Mans. Five Superman. Nobody there said nothing. <laughs> but right. I think as black people, we wanted to hold on to Chadwick in this role because, you know, nobody's pitching a bitch about blade you know they just recast blade nobody really there, there was some dust up but not nearly not like this yeah, i not like not this people are losing the people yeah. are yeah. grabbing their pitchforks and torches right now i think the i think the only dust up they had about blade and not the movie but the tv show was like sticky fingers um yeah we know we don't talk about I, you know i did not even know about that until one of my writers wrote an article about it and i was like there was a blade show with yeah Steve. you're not missing yeah, anything the dude it was Hobbit? one season really? yeah the dude that's what i kept saying the dude from <sighs> he can't <It> fight <laughs> can he act <laughs> he cannot you and you could tell he couldn't act because it was just like him playing he's very himself. stiff yeah very stiff yeah, and I don't I mean like, and I don't mean in the blade standoffish kind of way. I mean like, yeah, this just it was hard to watch. Working. Yeah, I, it was like I did not, I did not know that that a lot of people didn't. I feel like that was something that just they they put it out there and then they shelved it like right away, or they just showed it to a few audiences and was like, okay, we yeah, don't they want had it on. It was before it changed. I think it's Paramount now, but it was on Spike TV. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah, it was yeah. on Spike TV before they changed the name yeah. of the channel. It was on Spike TV. It was. Yeah, it was one of their main shows too for a second. Yeah, it like was two seconds. It was. It was like promoting the heck out of it, and it was like, yeah, we got sticky fingers. It's Blade. Come that's, on and that's watch. That's why it wasn't like a big theatrical release or no. we're on a major no. network. It was no. like God, no. some obscure cable. People say know. people say Blade Trinity was bad. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that before no. I watch that TV Damn. show. Oh wow, <laughs> Blade Trinity was awful. So. It was all it was. Triple H and, and Deadpool could not save it. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how hard they tried. Nor the guy from uh, Prison Break. Like, it was. I forgot he was. He was Dracula, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was. That all right, bad. let me give you my gift. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's how it works. Oh, man. That whole but movie. It's, it's, it holds it appreciate that movie. No, it does not. Well, I look it forward to seeing enough. Mahershala. As well, he's, he once again, this is this falls to a person who's actually a great actor. Yeah, yeah, I love you know, and, I need and, to see his fighting. Yeah, his and, 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 and they said, what is it, twenty twenty four? It's his release. It was announced last year, so there's no question that, like, okay, you're gonna have more than enough time to not only just work on the script, yeah. but learn some kind of. You're gonna fare better than a, Iron a Fist. Let's just put it though. that way. <laughs> Oh please! They, they, wow, oh. you brought up Iron Fist. Oh, oh yeah. Dear. Oh, Here, blurs I do. We we don't hold back. We we <laughs> we brought up Scott Iron Summer. Fist was so bad. Like, but at least they have some good people behind the team because they've got the girl that was the writer behind the Watchmen that's writing mm-hmm. it. So yeah. I feel good about Blade. I I don't doubt it to be good. My only problem is I seen the first one with Wesley Snipes. And I also know this man was like a 10 degree black belt. So he was like a real fighter. So it wasn't like he was acting like he was actually Him and doing Michael this Jai stuff. are literally neck and neck in martial arts styles. 
No, Michael Jai is, is the best, like, period. So like, one, I can't even remember. One knows nine styles, another one knows ten, and I can't even remember which one is which. I just Michael know Jai. I don't yeah, want to be trapped in the alley with neither one of them. going to be Spawn. That's right. Well, yeah. Yeah. So Jamie Foxx has got some training to do. Oh, yeah. ah, damn it. You brought that up. <laughs> Here's it was just crazy. That, Michael Jai White. Really concerned about that is another spawn. Michael Jai White has gone on record and even said that he never liked the film that was released of Spawn. No, because he, he's good. seen the uncut version, like the stuff that they did that was cut out. Mm-hmm. And when they seen the testing version for the audience, he literally was an art. He was like, "What the fuck is this? Like this? What?" Jamie so Fox like he, you, you never heard him be proud of that film, which is I, which is. I love Jamie Foxx. Don't week. get me wrong, but like him, like as Electro and Spider Man was so wooden. It was so just rigid. Yeah, I just don't. And I mean, I take it. I take it. You liked him better in No Way Home. I take it. He's he was a much better Electro in No Way Home. He wasn't. I I didn't think he, he was. actually wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he was wait, wait, wait. He said he, he was worse. actually worse. <laughs> it was horrible. He was worse. It was sticky fingers doing blade. Yeah. <laughs> on on uh, Broadway. It was like <laughs> on Broadway. Because they were trying to add like some more texture to his character in No Way Home, but then I'm like, he just seems even more one dimensional than he was in the other film. So. Yeah. The draw for No Way Home was not Iron only Electro. Just Iron Electro. Well, yeah, it was Iron Electro. It was Tony's uh, tech, wasn't it? Um, the draw was not just because of Toby, uh, uh, Tom Holland, but it was also the appearance of the other two Spider-Man, Doc Ock and, and, and Willem Dafoe. Those were the roles that everybody really turned out for. Like It was a nostalgia movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Was, you know, and then when you see Andrew Garfield pop into the portal, and then you see uh, uh, Tobey Maguire show up, and you're just like, okay, yeah. It was we fan service. Yeah, yeah, it was com- complete fan service. Right. And it Some worked. Wrongs. It actually worked. It it, it worked. You took yeah. something no, it that... Jamie it was, it was <laughs> one of Marvel's best films of that year, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. yeah. It definitely was. Um, but... I just didn't think his electro was good. That's all. Yeah. How is that I even going? I don't even know. I honestly don't know if it's going to ever get off the ground. If it's anything, we probably won't see that film no time soon. Because look how long oh, no. Rock. Look how Rock was talking about Black Adam Black for Adam. almost ten years. Yeah. I'm concerned about Black Adam too. Truth Ooh, be told, speak on it. Yeah, speak well, on it. No, I don't know. She might I know. Mean, she might know like I know because they they did a testing for they. So you know they cancel Batgirl. The testing scores they had for Batgirl were the same testing scores they had for Black Adam. Black Adam. But you know what they didn't have? The Rock. (laughs) 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 That's what they didn't have. They didn't have him throwing people's elbows and raising eyebrows and rock bottom and Superman. That's what they didn't have. Oh my God. So. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not knocking it. I still, I'm still curious as to see what they would have. But there was so, I don't know how true that leak is that I seen of the supposed synopsis of the script. Mm-hmm. But if it's any truth to it, I can see where the confusion was set in because you had 
J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, who we know was Commissioner Gordon in Justice League. But then you have Michael Keaton as Batman. So, see, you see, that's where the confusion sets in. You're just like, yeah, so... old Batman or young Batman? What the... <laughs> right. Like, and if that's the case, how is Commissioner Gordon still looking the same? Like, I'm confused. I can yeah. see where, like, general... Even, even as a fan, I would be like, okay... And then they were saying, that makes no sense. oh, this is, yeah, it's supposed to come on the tails of the Flash. It's so weird because I think I've also heard that the DC Extended Universe, they're trying to be more like the Marvel Cinematic oh, they Universe. Are. And they're they trying are. to tie everything together. But it's like, so what are you going to do? You're going to have like the Joker being like, you're going to have Robert Pattinson's Batman and like, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, like what? It's how is really that all gonna weird. tie in? Yeah, really like, and then they're bringing back apparently um, Ben Affleck. They're gonna bring him back. Yeah, they're yeah, bringing Ben Affleck back. But we have Robert Pattinson. Like I'm just, I'm confused. I, just, confused. I feel like Deadpool is like so, McAvoy Stewart. Like the timeline is so convoluted. <laughs> it's like you don't know what where it ends and where it begins. So, so there's rumors yeah. running around that WB, well Warner Brothers Discovery. I wish they just shortened the name some kind of Have y'all seen the logo, though? Oh, yeah. It looks just like Marvel. They have, like, the 10 in there. They said said it's fake. They're really trying to copy Marvel, seriously. They they, they said it's fake. I don't know how fake it is. No, that's real. (laughs) Oh, that is real. But it's I seen a meme. It was, like, Kevin Feige looking over a a, a snowball. Like, what the fuck is going on over there? What are them guys doing? Looks for me. That's what makes DC so unique is they have this kind of split splinter universe and i feel like it's too little too late for them mm-hmm. to start wanting to kind of coalesce everything together the way marvel's mm-hmm. done it so just stick to what you guys have been doing even though Nothing. most of us as fans weren't really fans of it but just mm-hmm. stick to what you're doing stop trying to be like what marvel's doing because i feel like it's too late like i can ask you a question 10 years too late 10 12 yeah. years can, <laughs> can you pinpoint where dc fell off because I have a theory. Ooh, I don't know. Let's see how far. Let's see how far away she goes. <laughs> because there was a certain I, I, point I know where, where DC. I knew. I knew where it was. Where the, did it DC was, fall off? That's a good. question. You know how you go up the stairs. You know how you go up the stairs and you keep tri- and you trip up the stairs. There's a step that caused the trip to keep them. And I know. I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could say, like, probably. Hmm, She's there. Like, as far as the quality of their films or the the mm. connective tissue. Kind of. It's probably the Superman films, like Man of Steel. <sighs> Not far enough. Not far <laughs> enough. Superman, <laughs> Superman Returns. Is the yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I knew where you were going failed, with it. <laughs> and they already had the Justice League in place. Even though I kind of like Parker Posey in that one, but okay, go on. Yeah, she was, yeah. But the whole, the, it was the, the, the storyline of the movie. And then they already had the Justice League movie lined up. Common is uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. you know, all that, like in place. And Superman Returns was so bad because the plot was so horrible. Yeah. They okay. scrapped everything and tried to go back to square one, and, and Marvel took off. Literally after the airplane. Did that come out scene. the same year as Iron Man? That was what 2012, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, so that was after. Yeah, I think right after the airplane scene when he saves the the aircraft, 
it's when it after that big scene no you know when it, it started nothing. when you know when it started when they started recording that joint that's when it when started going <laughs> and then once the opening credits went up that's when it really got weird because that opening scene was like weird like uh lex yeah. luther's out here getting old biddies for their money oh yeah bad wig which wigs but they really started trying to be like marvel when they came out with justice league yeah they did they, they, they did it too hard be, too fast yeah and then suicide squad and they were they were trying to be like what marvel was doing with you, you know just Avengers. Talk about this not the suicide squad but suicide squad oh the first yeah. movie people, people people don't mention this part amanda waller's idea was to put a band together for expendable in case superman or any other meta humans got out of line so you had killer croc Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Rick Flag, the Enchantress, and the and El Diablo, oh, and out of that whole team, the only two <laughs> would have been the Enchantress and El Diablo, and that's because they're pretty much magic based, and that's okay. besides Kryptonite, that's his other weakness. Everybody else does not stand a chance. And Brandon Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you need that. You need that sound bite. Oh Sorry, I had to. I couldn't help myself. That but was it, so it made bad. It, it was. It was really. And I'm like, this is the team you chose to put together in case Superman gets out of line. That's not the squad you want. Yeah. But ain't that, oh, and Harley Quinn. Like, what, Harley, I mean, yeah. Harley Quinn Harley Quinn was the best thing about that movie, though. She was. Harley Quinn was the best thing about that movie. In yeah. both movies. That, that, yeah. that was it, yeah. Yeah, in both movies, yeah, for sure. But see, at least the second movie uh, redeemed Did you guys see who they're getting to play Harley Quinn and the Joker, too? Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah. Wait, is she confirmed, though, as Harley Quinn? I believe She's so. confirmed. She She's confirmed. confirmed. Okay. They said it's going to be a bit of a musical. I'm pretty sure it's not going God, to be. God, please, no. God, no. I don't and know how I feel about that, though. Like, I don't really. Why does she have to be Harley Quinn when there's Margot Robbie? Like, That's my question when I seen it today. I was like, what the f is this? I, I just, why are they doing it's oh, DC. It's, it's though. doing too much. Yeah, DC. That's what I can't they say do now. They yeah, they're trying to be like Marvel right now with. I think right now, together. but they I don't know right how now, to be Marvel. I think right now what, <laughs> what they were doing, what they what they were doing with that stuff, and what Ezra Miller is doing with the flag. Oh God, he's oh, burglary, and it's official. This dude this is, is literally the reverse this, zoom now. Like it's just oh yeah, <laughs> polka dot man. I did See, like polka dot man. He was weird as shit. Fun. Like he was yeah, weird, you know. Yeah, polka dot man was fun. A case for what's uh, that acne stuff that be on TV late at night? I did proactive. like. I did like. Uh, I did like. Uh, what was what was I just? What was what was it blood sport? I think yeah. it was blood sport. I did blood like shot. his his blood yeah blood, blood something like that. yeah, but I did like his dynamic with his suits and yeah. how he's making all those weapons. But I thought that was cool because the way yeah. it's originally is like they kind of port his weapons in like transport like. And I'm like, oh, this works. Nanotech, and it's in his suit. That kind of works a little better. I can take that. I'll take that. Peacemaker was probably the the, the underdog of that whole film. I didn't Especially like him at first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until you see the series, and then you're like, oh, this is great. I liked him way better in the series. In, in, the, in the movie, he just seemed like a huge dick. Like, he was just like, <laughs> then you see the series, oh, you're like, that's his character, though. I, like I know. 
But it was it, in the movie. I didn't like him just based on everybody else. His dynamic was like it was like Superman without the powers. It was like he was trying to be a Boy Scout, but he was also toting the line of being a dick, and it was just like. Not and then you see, when you yeah. watch the but show, but then the show kind of redeemed him for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it explains that was a lot too. It explains quite a bit, you know, yeah. why he, he like that. Sad, scene. yeah. Like in the Suicide Squad, when they're on the bus talking about like their upbringing, and I just Elba mentions how his dad had him in this pit and with rats running over him, and mm-hmm. and if you look at Peacemaker. If you've seen that film first, you're thinking like, yeah, he's just being a dick. But then when you see the movie or his TV show, you're be like, and they reflect back on that, you're like, you see how his reaction is completely. You understand his character arc, yeah. 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 Yeah, they didn't like that in the show. If anything, his dad was a dick. That Times was 10. I was loving Vigilante. Uh, I'm like, yeah, he's going to go ahead and take care of that. Nah. <laughs> it damn near did. <laughs> So back so, to because Batman versus Superman. How do you feel about that? So let me tell you a quick story about that. Um, my very <laughs> first junket I ever did for Black Girl Nerds was for that. And Warner Brothers actually flew me out to Los Angeles to do the junket. And it was so funny because um, my my fo- I was live streaming my reaction and my followers were like, are you going to tell us the truth about <laughs> what you thought of the movie <laughs> and I and I was thinking to myself I'm like do I tell the truth like you know Warner Brothers they flew me out like they put me in a hotel like am I supposed to be honest about but I was like you know what no like my integrity is everything that that is what the followers want to know they want to know what your opinion is and I was like this movie's trash like this movie is <laughs> and it was so funny because when we all all of us critics when we walked out of the theater and the publicist, they always kind of want your reaction. We all like were like looked at each other and we was just like This ain't it, Chief. This ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't good. So, and the publicist was like, say no more. Say no. It's almost as if they knew we were gonna say something negative and they were like, just say no more. And so, the only so, was so was the only what was the standout moment where you'd be like, I can get it off. This. Oh gosh! Because I'm talking to a lot of people who have pretty much the same mindset about the best part of that film. The credits. The movie's so disjointed. I can't even really remember what parts. Because I remember the third act felt like it had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Like it completely was disjointed. Went off the rails. Yeah. Um. But gosh, I'm trying to remember. Like it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I'm one of those people that when there's a movie that I've seen that's really bad, I don't rewatch it. I I, I just God. put it out of my memory forever. So I still have it uh, wrapped up in in shrink wrap that I and it's the uncut, it's the extended version, and I've never opened it. They extended oh. that juke joint. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers love their extended. Uncut. My wife had got it for me. No, my mother-in-law got it for me for my birth or for my uh, for Christmas. She don't love it. And me. I never and oh. I never opened she it. She you. don't love it. <laughs> she hated me. She can't stand your good. Some people put a horse on the bed. She well, hated Batman versus Superman. She probably didn't know that it was she bad. Didn't. She really didn't. She really didn't. But she I will say that the times that it's shown up, like because TNT plays it a lot. I don't know and why. Yeah, I there is one scene that, that I will watch wholeheartedly with no problem, and it's the warehouse scene. The warehouse scene is probably the better 
scene of the entire film. Mm. And that's because it's who Batman is. Him whooping ass. It gave me... Uh, uh, You're a Batman fan, so you can say you know, that. Well, yeah, I'm a Batman fan, but See, it I'm gave a me Arkham fan, and they it gave us a fucking Ninja Turtle to fight Batman and Superman. We don't <laughs> talk about Leonardo that way. No. <laughs> I don't even. I think that was the last Ronin because he didn't have no mask. And I don't know who it was. That was Michelangelo. Bill. Like that was horrible, man. It was. It was really bad. That. Was, I mean, the yeah, Batman the scene was good. The only scene. That's the only. But great scene after that, that it just gets weird because the Martha thing blew my mind. Like they really bonded over Martha. That was the straw. Oh yeah, yeah. Now. Okay. Why'd you say that name, Martha? Yeah. He's like that's what broke you, like my guy. That 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 broke you. That, that, mm, weird. I'm gonna get to see so, so Jamie, kill everybody. the idea of black girl nerds. How long have you guys been around? Uh, since 2012. Yeah, you missed that part where you were talking to Dunkey. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Hey, I told you the mission is always the mission. Um, yeah, if your mission is to flog donkeys, that's between you and the donkey. It ain't nothing between me and the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I don't ask, don't hey, tell. But this is what I enjoy about your whole platform Mm -hmm. because we've often said that you know there's a lot of poc women who are into gaming cosplay uh writing film television they're into these things animated all of these things but there isn't there isn't a platform to to give them any shine you know and and they don't have a voice a proper voice you know or let alone a safe space because good lord facebook has these quote-unquote safe spaces and we've seen dumpster fires unfold. Mm. You know, me and DC are like, yeah, we're out. We <laughs> yeah. don't attach I us. I left so many groups because I don't like that. Like, um, don't say you're for everybody and, you know, women are sacred here. And then it's like every other post is like putting down women. Like, my mom's mm. a woman, you know? <laughs> I have a sister. I have nieces. You know what I'm saying? I have aunts. Like, that to me, that's sacred. That's like, that was something I will never do, like purposely try to um, disrespect women, especially black women. Like right. That just to me is it makes no sense. And it it's like the cliche thing to do. Um, you know, what I mean, and some of these groups that are supposed to be geared toward these women aren't really. You know, what I mean, no. And it's like yeah. it's not moderated or rectified and things are just put to the side or swept on the rug. And, you know, there's groups like ours, uh, Head Nerds in Charge. They're another crew. Uh, Navy Montel from Blur the Corn Speaks. Nick's from Do You Speak Geek. Micah from uh, Skip from uh, uh, Blurred Over. These are groups who really provide the true safe space for POC women. Because mm-hmm. it's like, no, because y'all are like the backbone. Like, don't say. Don't be into a group, a Facebook group or whatever. Yeah, because it's mostly, mostly, uh, mostly Facebook. Don't be in a Facebook group saying, oh, you love Storm. You love how strong he is and how strong she is and what she doesn't and what she stands for and everything else. And then you have a woman come in dressed as Storm. And let's just say it's very low budget for whatever, you know, because cosplay costs money. But you're tearing her down. And instead of you stopping that, it goes on. And you don't kick the person out the group. You don't do this. You don't sit. You know none of that. Yeah. And, and then it kind of spins back on that person. And now this person, and what a lot of people don't understand, people cosplay for. You know, there's cosplayers out here are pretty much introverts. 
you know, and this is kind of like their outlet. So when you start, especially black women, so when you start trashing how it looks or how they're portrayed or even their skin color and you're not backing them up and you're not supporting them, that becomes a problem. And this is why I like it's weird. It is. So this is why I like black girl nerds because it reminded me a little bit of a black lady sketch show. I'm like, oh, I like seeing all these women putting it out. I think it's just power, man. I love that. It's the the fact that one, you guys are doing things your way, um, you know, and it's just you guys being you. You know, like you said, you have your authenticity means something. And to me, there's nothing more authentic than black women getting together and working in it, you know, not being some crazy, um, outrageous thing. And I, I think we need more of that. And people need those kind of outlets to just be able to be themselves and not have to worry about trying to, you know, proper it up because some people, certain people are around, like, um, cause I'm not in the cosplay world. I don't, you know, I don't do that. That's not my thing. I'm a more video game, comic book movie kind of guy, but I feel like too many times you see um, cosplayers get put down, especially black women cosplayers, because mm-hmm. of just those things Chris mentioned. And to me, it's just like, who the f- cares? Like, if you're not paying for me to get this outfit or, you know what I'm saying, putting no time in, worry about what you got. You got on, like, box shoes and shit, and you trying to worry about what I got on. Shout out to Afro Coco Puss, because she made the song uh, Hanada is, uh, Isn't Black, and she's like, she's going to be black today. <laughs> so shout out to Afro Coco Puff. She released that what was like last year. So she released that last year. Right, shout out to Afro for dropping that because it's true. You don't cosplay your way is a big movement because we don't care your size, your color, your race, your religion. We don't care about none of that. Oh yeah. You know, and we just like, damn. That's cool. I've seen people cosplay as Iron Man using cardboard and it looks fantastic. Yeah. Cause you because it was that well done. It was time put into it. It was effort, you know. And it's okay. But even if it wasn't, what difference? What does difference it do it make? Right. It's just an expression of your your love and your passion for that character. It it shouldn't have to be some elaborate, exquisite, you know. expensive material um i mean i remember when i first started black girl nerds 10 years ago and it was controversial to just be a black cosplayer Mm -hmm. i mean there were conversations on social media should i cosplay as sailor moon and that was a big deal and um people were getting in their feelings about black women cosplaying as you know, anime characters or, you know, white characters and in, in different fandoms. And I just thought, why is this a conversation? You should be able to cosplay as whoever you want to cosplay as. Right. First of all, they're fictional characters. <laughs> so, so then, so let's, let's just start. Let's start there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but now it's it's beautiful to just see that it's just so normalized. Like there's just so many of us at these conventions. And even in the early days of when I went to conventions, I remember not seeing a whole lot of us there. And now when I go to conventions, like we're all over the place and it's, Mm -hmm. it's so cool to just see us just waving our geek flag high and just being so proud and just being comfortable in our skin. And um, 
again, just like just seeing that trajectory over the last 10 years, how that shift has happened has just been a beautiful thing to witness. So I'm glad you mentioned that the growth of not just cosplay, but just blurred them in the geek entertainment world. Mm -hmm. Where do you see it going in the future? Like, because right now there's a lot of, it was a lot of cosplay. Now it's a lot of anime. So where do you see the next step? I mean, I would love to see us owning more. Like, um, there, I forgot his name. We had featured him on Black Girl Nerds, but there's this guy that owns his own anime studio. So I would love to see more of that. I, I um, talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, know owning our about. own uh, movie studios and comic book. And, and we are. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of, um, uh, you know, the, the young woman um, who owns her own comic book store and um so there there's oh, definitely the one in philly in yeah. philly yeah, yeah. which um, unfortunately is recently closed down, down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so uh yeah i mean i think ownership is the next step is where i'd like to see us because uh, mm-hmm. it's good to see us front facing it's good to see us in front of you know like I use the the metaphor, it's good to see us in front of the camera, but I'd like to see us behind the camera. I'd like to see us making those executive decisions. I'd like to see us um, not only having a seat at the table, but us creating the table. (laughs) Uh, That is the the gambit, right? That is the running running code around here. Exactly. Building our table, building our table. Yeah. So that's where the next 10 years should be. Yeah. Yeah. I see what I've been seeing a lot of besides just the, the, like you just said, the owning and creating and creating. Um, I think where it really shifted, at least for me, I'm a huge fan of Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. I'm mad that it was just one season. Yeah. But it was a show that showed literally we can do any role and be the lead and live and not be the joke mm-hmm. and still hold it and still hold our own and still mm-hmm. have a f- 18 nominations. I'll never get over that. 18 nominations, but you get were canceled. And you know but what? look at the star, but look at the star that Journey Smollett is. Look at the star that Jonathan Majors is, you know. Wow, has he had a huge <laughs> I remember seeing him in this movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco at Mm -hmm. Sundance and his career has made a huge shift since I think that was back in 2017 I went and saw him there uh, to now, now now he's Kang which is the next big bad of Marvel. Who's Kangs? Uh We're going to see the Kangs! (laughs) I'm ready for that. But it, it is true, it's true. I think and I know that when you see these type of roles, and then Black Panther was a, was the the one that really pushed it over, you know. Yeah. Seeing strong black women, and and to circle back on that, seeing conversations that's being had on social media about recasting T'Challa, and I literally seen one um, conversation, and they were just like, "He killed off, so now they're trying to kill off the black man." And I'm like, "Do do you realize that this man was surrounded by strong black women? His own mother was Adora." And let's get that out the way first. You know, where did you get that from, though? Because they, it's the whole temps. (laughs) Subconsciously, 
It's the hotels. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, you know, people were griping about Sherry. Sherry is Black Panther in the comics, and she wants. I don't understand that. I don't understand why people don't want to see her as the Black Panther. And they were just like, she's just a scientist. She doesn't know how to fight. And I'm like, you're wrong. But it's canon, guys. Yeah, not only is it canon, but (laughs) if her mother used to be a Dora. Dora are part of the army that secures the, the 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 line, the royal line. You don't think her father would make sure she knew how to fight, right? At all. <laughs> it's just that may not be her bag, but I'm sure she does. And then there's a small little piece in the first movie at Warrior Falls, where Mbaku makes that challenge. If you look at what the Dora is doing, half of them. Who are on ground level have their spears towards Zimbaku. The other half has spears blocking her from jumping at him. Yeah. And they 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 don't see that part. They don't see like yeah, she's this brash little sister. She's like that in the comics. She was this well, not now, but she was this brash, hot-headed little sister who fought. She wasn't much like her brother. Her brother had to think things through and everything else, but she still she had hands too. That's <laughs> just what yeah. it was. I feel like some of these people haven't read the comics and oh, they're they just basing <laughs> Shuri off of Letitia Wright's performance and her character. And they just think, well, she's not capable of being a fighter because she hasn't shown any skills that's to be someone that's capable of being the Black Panther. So why would we want her? So, I, I, yeah, I, I don't understand that unless it's just people that are just, you know, Massage noirists mm-hmm. that just don't want to see a black woman taking on the mantle. And, oh, that's you know, that's being black panther, and, and that's, that's kind of like. And I had this. I did a podcast interview with um with Eman, who is behind the recast T'Challa hashtag, and he's amazing and he's great. But I had asked him. I was like, "Is there just a little bit of thinly veiled misogyny behind?" some of the people that are using this hashtag that don't want to see Shuri be Black Panther. Like, I understand that you guys want to see another T'Challa, another actor play this role, but is that also some people that just don't want to see Shuri play it? Because the mantle has been given to many characters in Black Panther. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to always it doesn't have to go to T'Challa. And I am of the belief that we should recast T'Challa. But I also believe what you said, Chris. I I don't think it needs to happen right now. And I, I'm behind Marvel with this decision to let them grieve Chadwick and let this be a love letter to him with his people. But it's um, been like 20, it's been what 20 somehow it's almost 20 years. They have it, they they made what like one or two missteps. I trust them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I trust Ragnarok. them. And if this is their way, if this is Ryan and 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 uh, Nate Moore and the team's way of wanting to grieve and and give their send off to Chadwick with this, with them, I guess you know, killing off his character in the movie, let them do that. And then in Black Panther three, then do the recast, do do the variant storyline, and then go from there. But I just there's something really odd about people being insistent in not seeing Shuri take the mantle and mm. insisting on it being T'Challa. There's just something very weird about that to me. Well, see, I've seen it with, 
I've seen it with this recast T'Challa campaign. I've seen it with Captain Marvel. I've seen it with the the A Force team and in Infinity well in Endgame when the, all the women team up. I've seen the hate, like it, like you said, that thinny that thinly veiled misogynistic oh, behavior. It's it's. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you not like it because it's the women? Is that it? You know, right. or yes. you know, what's the problem? Exactly what it is. <laughs> you know. Like, oh no, I just don't like the actor. I don't like mm. certain actors neither, but they don't seen those same actors. Who yeah, and then the they're hating, you know, the they're hating on Letitia Wright because of whatever her personal beliefs are with the whole mm-hmm. anti. And it's like, let her be her, let's separate Letitia Wright from this role, like, focus I don't on think this character. Can, though. I think that's the there's a, there's a, I just, it is. Uh, people are the it worst. Is. I just can't stand. I people. think um, because here's here's the thing. We people did, we did it with Heath Ledger. We did it. We did it. Yeah, we did it with Heath Ledger. Oh, we, we did. Like people we, went we, after you know. Heath Ledger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They did. They did it with him. They did it with Joaquin Phoenix. They did it with every last Whoa. version of Superman. They did it with every Joaquin last Phoenix version of Batman. Good. Yeah, he was. And no, he wasn't. Even even Robert Pattinson, even even I had some slight disdain for Robert Pattinson, but that's because I don't like the Twilight Sparkle films. Bat. They did however, go after Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. However, I've seen him in other that. stuff, and I'm like, he's actually a good actor. Yeah. And the Batman is actually good. Yeah. You know. Very so. Uh oh. <laughs> DC's like. Mm. No, I just I just my I, I think people don't. There's that that fiction and fantasy line. People don't know how to blur that line anymore. Um, yeah, people told that line, and it's like, if I see you in a movie, that's who you are, and if I see you outside of the movie, that's still who you are in the movie. So people don't know how to differentiate anymore. It's like even like if you look at wrestling, like the kayfabe thing. Like if I see a wrestler outside at Denny's and he's not in character. People lose their mind. They be like, "Wait, you mean you're not out here, you know, spitting on people in real life too? What the fuck right. is going on? Like, how is this even a thing? Like that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing?" And and people have a problem with that. And I think it's more and more now that people are so getting wrapped up in these things that it just becomes worse. Yeah, it does. I, it really does. And. I hope, and, and like Jamie said, you know, I see more women of color and women just in general and just people of color moving forward in bigger roles, sci-fi roles, superhero roles. I mean, we're getting Ironheart for Christ's sake, you know. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're getting Sam Wilson as Cap, you know. And yes. for the record, people, he's Cap in the comics, so get over your hump. Yeah, calm um, down, you guys. This is no, canon, once again. A black man it, playing it, Captain America, but, he's but American. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. That when he first got the shield in comics, that same thing happened in the actual comics. Yeah, it was it was people like people were mad. Fox like Fox News. It was like a Fox News type thing that opened up in the panels. They like that's not my Captain America. That's Mm -hmm. and I'm like he was trying to find the balance. And then was it Rage? At some point, Rage was one of the heroes got beat to death. Damn near. And he had to go to Philly, where every black hero that's in the tri-state area, Philly, New York, Jersey, was there at this kid's funeral, at this hero's funeral, and they were asking him, what are we going to do? (laughs) What are we going to do? Because he was beaten by super cops, these robots that were supposed to be law enforcement. enforcement. And he was beaten. Yeah. Yeah. 
the underlying. And I, I want to add one thing too. Um, going back to the whole recast thing and 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 Shuri, we we definitely need to have more black female superheroines because I know that the argument has been, well, we, you know, we don't have enough black male representation as superheroes in comics, which that is true. But also, mm-hmm. I could argue and say, yeah, but like you said, there's the Captain America coming yeah. out. We have Armor Wars with Donald che- Don Cheadle coming out. Uh, we have, even though it's more of a two-hander, but we've got um, Secret Wars with uh, Samuel Jackson. Uh, we've had Luke Cage in the past. Uh, we've got Blade coming out. And we've got, you know, obviously Wakanda Forever. So it's like Black men are getting their representation, but Black women aren't. So if you're upset about Shuri, I, I have questions. If you're, if, you're, if you're upset about Shuri... I have questions. We got we got Riri Williams coming up. We got Sherry coming up. We got Monica Rambeau getting ready to come through. This yeah, week, don't Amon, Amon, I, I, Amon I, I, Palani. Yeah, Amon yeah Palani. there we go. So, yes, the Marvels. Yes, yes. So we 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 have them, but like you said, it's still outweighed. Like the the argument used to be black representation. Now we're getting more black. Like you said, we're getting more black men in those superhero roles. But now we also need the women. And I think this is why we're clamoring so bad for Storm. <laughs> like we want her so bad. Now we just need Storm to get her due. <laughs> like right somebody way. get this sister in and do it right, you know. And and I, you know, I, I get why they're taking their time. I understand because they're they actually have to wait for the contracts for the previous actors to wear out to expire. So they can before they can even start working because if they were to if if Feige was to say okay we're doing X Men we're gonna start introducing them starting next year. Well, that means anyone who's played previous X Men's X Men characters, with the exception of Hugh Jackman, get to come back, mm-hmm. which tells me like that's not the route they want to go. They don't want to go that route. That's fine. They they want to go a different route. Giancarlo Esposito has been talking to Marvel. We don't know what role he's in. We don't Hell know. Yeah. Please be a villain. Please be a villain. <laughs> he yeah. makes a fantastic villain. I've never villain. seen somebody who talks so calmly. Mandalorian, he's a great villain on that show. Even, even on the boys. Like he was facing the off boys. with Homeland. Yeah. He was Breaking Bad. Homeland, it's just so good. He's telling the strongest person on the planet and, and putting him in his place. I know. With no fear in his heart. He was just like, yeah, uh, you're just a crybaby who likes breast milk. And <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not scared that he's going to burn a hole through your skull? And like, He was calling it. Yeah. He's calling it. I love it. I'm here I, love, I love him as an actor, though. He's a fantastic actor. He's so great. whatever Marvel is dealing with him in some retrospect, I'm like, he's yes, ready to kill something. I don't know what it is. I yeah, it just he has to be a villain. Whatever role it is, just please let it be that. Yeah. Uh but this yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. So we talked about the present of black girl nerds. We talked about the future of black women and geek entertainment as mm-hmm. a as a whole going towards the future. Mm-hmm. We talked about the birth of black girl nerds. We did, yes. Where do you see the expansion for this platform next? Mm. 
That's a great question. Idris Elba and Oprah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. There's always a bar. <laughs> All right. Idris Elba um, partnership, media. Uh, maybe do a movie with him. Um, it's on the way. <laughs> there we go. She put it out there. It's out there now. <laughs> Speaking Probably got him on speed now. He's gonna right call now. tomorrow. Hey, uh, had this great idea. I was wondering if you want to do a movie. He's like, once I'm what done with this, this booking, I don't know. I can't do English. <laughs> that is the hardest. I will never try to do English. That is the worst <laughs> accent to try to Once I'm uh, done do, with this booking.com commercial, sounded it sounds like a horrible doing movie. I don't know. It's something like a, it's a little Spanish. I was watching a beer commercial like, earlier. <laughs> Spanish, half Blank Spanish, half <laughs> <laughs> Let's move past that. Let's act like I never did it before. Let's rewind it. Uh, oh my God. You were saying, he just album in a movie deal. Yeah, that's where we, were. That's where we left that's off at. That seems to be the case. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd, I'd really love Black Girl Nerds to expand where um, I have, like, first of all, like a full-time staff. Because uh, right now our staff comprises of freelancers, so I'd love to have like a full-time staff where you know everyone has a career in working for the organization. Um, I'd love for Black Girl Nerds to have events at Comic Con where we have like our own media pod. Like I was just at Comic Con um, this past month, and there are other media outlets that have like their own pod where they're doing interviews with their, mm -hmm. you know, their backdrop. And I would love for us to have that. Um, I, I'd love for us to have uh, like a little print publication as well for folks that still like to do print every now and then and like to flip pages of a magazine. Um, so having that part of us and then you know, maybe venture into into television. It is something that, you know, has come down the radar at some point in my career. Um, uh, I just want to make sure it's done right. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to have an opportunity uh, for Black Girl Nerds to have a presence in television as to what form, whether it's scripted TV or Reality TV, I, I don't know, but it, it'd be nice mm. for us to have a platform there. Um, but I, I haven't really thought of a cohesive plan. <laughs> I, I have all of these ideas, um, but um, you got time. But oh, yeah, yeah, I have time. Listen, I'm the tortoise. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the most important thing is is growing the business to where I have like a full time staff of people that's supporting the the content that we're putting out every day. That that is something I'd like to get done more sooner than later. That's what's dope. I think yeah. your background is your background in journalism. Yeah. Mass communications and journalism. And then I went and got my master's in film. Uh, Shonda Ryan, she's uh, probably going to be knocking on your door at some point. <laughs> I hope so. I was one of her favorite people to follow on Twitter once, so that would be cool. Another flex. I was just throwing. That I out there. I have to always say whenever someone goes Shonda Ryan, I'm have done. To say that. I'm done. <laughs> I have to say that she can have the show. Uh <laughs> That'll probably be on my tombstone too. Shonda Rhimes said that I was one of her favorite people to follow on Twitter. Yeah, hey. she said, "Oh." And Idris Elba. <laughs> oh, and I talked to Idris Elba. And right. took a picture in his hotel room. And took a picture of right. 
It's like it's gonna be on the front and the back. <laughs> My nope. God, I'm just gonna uh, stop what gonna... I'm doing. <laughs> you clearly won. Um, did I? Did it? Was this the top? This wasn't a bar, was it? <laughs> this wasn't a bar. I didn't set the bar, did I? I... No, she won. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm, I'm done. Like. I'm never gonna achieve any of that. So. Oh, don't say that. Do not it's say over. that. Do not say that. The pinnacle oh. was Ted Lange. I've done. <laughs> if I reach that peak, I can go back to oh, dog I, grooming. Dog I'm I'm going I'm going I'm I'm trying to trail with. with How long have you guys training. been around? Uh, two years. Not long two enough. Years. Oh, okay. A little, a little over two years. A little over two years. Yeah. Not long enough. We've been grinding hard enough. We gotta get back I out here. Grind. I've been talking to Idris Elba in my second year, so it took took a while to get there. Oh, oh, that puts oh, oh that let's puts see. The, 2012 to 2000. It was 2016 was the first time. So that's what four years. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Big whoop. Uh, it took her four years. We had Ted Lynch by by year two. Uh, <laughs> and I'm still not happy about it anymore now. <laughs> Small <anymore>. potatoes. <laughs> she talked to. It's it, but I think takers, gentlemen. Oh my <laughs> dude in that movie. My God, um, Jamie, it's it's always it's been a pleasure. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I, I love what fun. you do. I love your platform. I've been Thank checking you. you guys out for quite a while, and. I'm glad that it's other platforms like this out there because that's kind of that's actually the message that I'm sending out for Blurred's Eye View, you know, to provide a uh, a platform and a showcase for POCs in the geek entertainment world, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler or a rapper or a writer because we're geeks about all of those things mm-hmm. and we just don't get, like I said earlier, we don't get a lot of that recognition we don't get that shine so i appreciate the platform that you have i will definitely i got your i got your email because i, I just want to pick your brain because there's things that i'm doing with blurred's eye view that i'm also doing in expansion and if people okay. have checked the post that i put up earlier today it's involving people people see women so uh <laughs> i'm trying to do that same expansion as well and i Whenever it is, whenever you want to uh, throw a dog a bone, you know, until Idris Elba, like, we may not have time, but I got a show for you to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Let me get on right on over here, there, please. Yeah. Do you guys review like movies and stuff like that? I do. I actually have a show that's strictly on YouTube called Fury's Reacts and Reviews. I just started that up a couple weeks ago, and I'll be doing a review on Prey and a review on on the Sandman. Prey was amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I'm the only person that did not like that movie. And and this is why. This is why. Ah. I heard it was awful. CGI aside, I, you know, CGI aside, because I've seen worse. Have we? Wolverine Origins. Um, oh, wait a minute now. Oh, hold on in now. Hold on in now. Wolverine, no, Origins, it wasn't, it, it, Wolverine, Wolverine Origins. Origins was actually good. 
Yeah, yeah the story it, wasn't bad. No, CGI. I don't know. But you know what? You, you I'm in the minority. A lot of people liked Prey. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people on my Facebook feed, uh, they're like loving it, eating it up. And I think like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got high rate. People are loving that movie. It's, it's more about the actress. And that's what it really was. It's more about the actress, her portrayal. Character was annoying. <laughs> her character was annoying. Her was annoying. <laughs> she kept going out in them damn woods. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I look forward to your review. The reason, though, I ask you about movies is because that's what helps me get access to a lot of actors is mm-hmm. the more you review movies and um, give them press, the publicists and the studios that support those films, they'll have you want to talk to the talent behind those films and, and do interviews and stuff right, like that. Right. So, and I think um, what it is, is it, it, it falls back on, even though you said she's annoying for me, it falls back on representation because this yeah. is Hollywood, this, this is Hollywood. We're talking about how long has it been when you look at movies from, you just look at any movies that deal with any kind of native American. I felt, and that's why I felt really bad that I felt that way. Cause I'm like, okay, it's, you know, it's a woman of color. It's about, you know, an indigenous tribe. I think the Comanche tribe and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they even had like an actual uh, Comanche um, yep. uh, executive producer that was advising on, on the, the, the production. So I believe they, she tried out, it, she tried out, she tried out for the role of English and in Comanche. Yeah, so I really thought that that was amazing to know all that information going in. I just really wish the story was better. I really just didn't like the way the character was developed. Um, I thought that the actual predator itself wasn't that scary. He wasn't that much of a threat. (laughs) He wasn't that much of a threat. He seemed like he was more scared of her, if anything. I was like, um, I'm like, the tribe is whooping your ass. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, like, like he was killing everybody but her. And I don't know. And then the roles of the predators seemed like they were being compromised. I don't know. It just. It, well, see, it, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I'm not mistaken, that particular predator was from the other tribe of predators because they're a warring. There's a, another warring tribe that they have. And okay. that was the other one. And I'm like, well, then maybe y'all should have sent the other one. Because <laughs> this cat ain't getting it. Um, but but I liked I liked how they like I said the representation and everything. Yeah, else. you'll see the review. I'm putting a review up later this week. Um, okay. Because I don't want to give everybody on here too much. But I do I do appreciate you know that finally being out there because like I said before, you had movies from early 2000s, 90s, and 80s and further on back where they had the indigenous tribes portrayed by pale people. Right. Who had who have no indigenous blood in their vein. Exactly. At all. You exactly. know, and, and and it was, you know, you're 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 basically black <laughs> you're whitewashing them. You're you're uh uh what? blackface oh, what? them. Whitewashing something it's, it's, it's a lot. You know, like when you look serious? at when you look at an older movie, and it's you know, not like, a person of of native native tribe or indigenous tribe, and it might be a movie you actually like, and then you look at it differently now, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's, 
You mean like the Egyptian movies they made with Val Kilmer and what's his face? <laughs> Those movies? No. Yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs> it's embarrassing when you when you really go back and watch those movies and see how many Native Americans have been whitewashed. It's just mm-hmm. it's yeah. embarrassing to watch that. It's like in the only was, movie I can actually movie? look at the only movie I can look at and still laugh at because I get what they're doing is Blazing Saddles. Right, because it's a parody. Yeah, it's a whole parody. The whole film's a parody. Everybody's getting in it. People are like, oh, but it's racist. It's sexist. It's this. I'm like, it can be if it's poking fun at everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's a target. Nobody's safe. <laughs> that's, that's the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the whole thing was going for. And I can appreciate that, opposed to you having a, a indigenous role being played by a person who has no ties. To a, to any kind of indigenous tribe, and you're giving them that basic. I mean, they gave a dollar to an Indian guy, you know, at, at a store somewhere, so they have some kind of basis to. Shit. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like even Jamie, she was like, "Nope, not going for it." I mean, I was so, trying to. Maybe that's what their reasoning was. It was like, I don't know. Yeah. So. Jamie Broad next. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find Black Girl Nerds on www.blackgirlnerds.com at Black Girl Nerds on all the socials, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Jamie Broadnax on Twitter. I don't tweet much, but that's my handle. And um, we do have a group. You had mentioned Facebook groups. We do have a group on Facebook if you want to join us. It's a private group, but, you know, as long as you're cool and you don't say any crazy shenanigans, you're welcome to join us. Um, So it's just Black Girl Nerds Network. Do a search on Facebook and you can join our group there. And it's a positive, safe space where you can geek out. And uh, yeah. And then we have our podcast as well. Uh, Every Monday. There's a new episode, and you can stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your favorite shows. And and you never know, you might get Idris Elba for the third time. <laughs> I hope he's listening. That, that would be amazing. Oh, that, that would be amazing for us. Uh, <laughs> like, man, you've been listening to us this whole time? Come on, man. Get, come, on. <laughs> come on the show. I'll put it in. <laughs> Complain. I know you was mad about Heimdall. I know you were mad about that. We come on. <laughs> you should be more mad about Ghost Rider, if anything. So oh wow. <sighs> A lot of Damn. people are mad about Ghost Rider. Yeah. yeah that's just, that is, that is a, that's a hard one to watch. That wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that's not what I that nah, what not gonna <laughs> cut it. Not gonna cut it. Uh, DC, what we got? Not Idris Elba. That's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> I get well. What the shit won't be playing tomorrow night? You'll get a repeat episode. Uh, it'll be playing. It just won't be the same now that I heard she did Idris Elba twice. Like that's. <laughs> 
boring my show out for actors. Uh, no, tomorrow we have uh, Michael Kriklik. Am I saying that right? I think I am. Uh, owner of the Cleveland Hot Sauce, Hot Sauce King of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I got Foreign Grit, who is a photographer, videographer, and also a schoolmate of ours. Antoine Pickett. And also have Char B, who is a mom, author, and entrepreneur. All coming up tomorrow. And also you can catch a re-airing of the Chambers Effect at 1 o'clock. The real version, not the one I messed up and played before because I was in a rush at 2 in the morning trying to get shit done. And Yeah. Uh, also, man, the the, um, the content creators uh, event is still coming along. I'm going to look at the venue next Wednesday. So once I get that locked down, I can start putting out flyers and start selling tickets, son. Y'all Can't wait. Buy Y'all better buy them. Can't wait. Oh, man. Uh Guess what, everybody? You can go to IG and go follow Blurred's Eye View right there. And Blurred's Eye View is all one word. And you'll get the link tree as well that's in the bio. Hit that. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, including Opulence Radio. Get the Opulence Radio app. You can check us out there every Monday and Thursday throughout the whole day, actually. Uh, You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole nine, Google Podcasts, all that great stuff. Uh, tune in this Thursday at 9 p.m. It was me and Tracy Carr talk to somebody or about something about dealing with geek and blurred related topics that might get a little political, but that's Uh-oh. all right because we need to we need we need the folks to be awake uh, to know that you know all of this stuff wraps it around. I'm like, come on, if you're reading X Men, then it's politics. If you read Captain America, it's politics. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> Hell, Black Panther is politics. Whether right. they want to know it. Brought the KKK. Right, for real. Boy, you don't know how many times I've read that that's that run and was cheering every time. I'm like <laughs> Magruder run. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that great run. Great run. That was a great run. It was. Two spade, two page spreads and everything. Fantastic run. Um, but yeah, thank you to our guest, Jamie Broadneck, CEO, founder of Black Girl hey. Nerds. Check out. She is amazing. She has an amazing platform. Uh, I'm definitely following her. You should be too. If you're not, what are you doing with your life? Uh, trying not to see him talk to Idris Apple again. <laughs> <laughs> the shade. The shade. <laughs> I'm Patty. <laughs> Patty Crocker, oh baby. My no. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, definitely am following. Um, so. I look forward to seeing it. Um, anytime I can see people doing good stuff, man, it's actually a win for everybody. Um, despite what people say, like, I don't want to see people win. I do. Um, and the fact that you guys um, are still going, you know, 10 years strong and, and only getting better is exciting. And it's something to shoot forward to see it and watch it and watch you guys grow. So I'm a fan. Yeah. Thank you. Despite Appreciate my ribbing, I'm a fan. <laughs> this door jealous this, this door is always open uh whenever you want to come on i won't be here it'll be the day dc won't be here is the day that i get eat yourself on <laughs> like damn it wait what's the code let me get in i got sick <laughs> <laughs> you ever get somebody excuse and you don't know what the excuse is so you just make stuff like oh man i won't be at work today what's wrong <laughs> my big toe what's wrong with it oh you do like a mike tyson something what's wrong? What, happened to mike? what happened to mike my back my back is broken 
No, but you guys, I mean, I, I really think um, just talking to you, the work ethic, you know, the conversation we had, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, you know, the platform you have and the, and the service that you provide is amazing. Um, I just kind of was on the Instagram as I was supposed to be working here, but um, it's jam-packed. I mean, you know. I love it. I love you, it. You put the work in, you've earned, you know, the accolades, and I'm definitely, definitely glad to be able to talk to you today. It was fun. Yes. I mean, I'm still yes. jealous yeah. as fuck, though. I mean, <laughs> I didn't really put in the work, but no, I just wait. But no, it, it is dope. So wow. please don't stop. Um, Appreciate uh, you. Yeah, because I'll be, I'll be in your inbox help. like, no, you need to give out some more of that info. You need to come on. I need more of that. What you got? Come on. You're like, I, I don't want you to stop. I want you to succeed. I'm happy Roll to be bored. And blow the lid off. <laughs> Make a path yeah, for, going, for other right. POC women to be like, yo, there's a place here. Look, it's it's paved with gold. And he just Elba and Oprah. And Oprah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that I mean, like I'm for real, like um the service you, you do and uh oh, just the work, just like I said, talking to you, I, when I talk to people and I can hear, you know, the passion but also the realness in their voice, like Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed either, you know. <laughs> so the fact that you know you do that and and we can bond over coffee because I cannot start a day without coffee. I I was drinking coffee before the show. Like I'll drink coffee just for the hell of it, just because I don't know. It's just a thing. Um, but I truly say it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, Likewise. And you are amazing. You know, yeah. ten Aww. years. I'd love to have you on again. I'd love to have you on again. I'm. I'm happy to be here i really appreciate the opportunity in the space i had a lot of fun i was not even expecting to be on this long but i was just like you the conversation know. was just so much fun and like i can talk about comics all day obviously so it's what i, I do it's what i do we went into <laughs> a whole rabbit hole talking about comics and movies but that's my jam so um yeah it was great so i'm i would there's love to times, be back there, there's times my wife will tell people don't ask him Abby. you're not gonna come back <laughs> like oh no come on in here little one. Oh, i got some stories to tell you oh. <laughs> but uh before we get out of here i want to thank you once again for our guest jamie broadnecks it was amazing having you on i'll be i'll be sending you some emails really soon um uh because i really just want to pick your brain and and get some insight on on the next step of things not just for yourselves but for myself as well uh but thank you once again i love i love the conversation when i have people like yourself on it just it just makes it what i'm doing that much more worthwhile so i appreciate that uh but like i said everybody check us out on all those socials blurred's eye view on ig and like i do with every show remember to educate yourself and others entertain yourself and others and most of all encourage yourself and others i want to thank our guest jamie broadnecks and we are out of here